0: This former coach, Tom Thibodeau in Minnesota. 4.7
1: seconds, Gibson's got to get it in, does. Wiggins drives across midcourt, Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win!
0: A wolf always returns to the den, and now we are back. From the den this is The Howl. The Howl would like to welcome you to The Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics on everybody's favorite sport, basketball. The Howl is also a proud member of CLNS Media Network and can be found on clnsmedia.com as well as Podiant, iTunes, Stitcher and Google Play. The Howl is also produced with thanks to our wonderful supporting partners Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23 where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. All audio equipment on The Howl is brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. I am the softball babe Ruth of the world, your host Kevin Draves, to my right is Aaron five hole the producer of the show and to my left is none other than Rob you're running the wrong way Hess who is the jack of all trades for the program first quarter tonight is Rob's mock draft 4.0 find out who your favorite teams are taking in the first round with the draft only a few weeks away Second quarter tonight is our talker segment where we have plenty of NBA and WNBA news to cover. We start tonight's episode with a LeBron James quote. I don't know how tall I am or how much I weigh because I don't want anybody to know my identity. I'm like a superhero. Call me basketball man.
2: Order one of the howl on dash radio's nothing but net channel and this week we are starting off with my mock draft 4.0 for anyone that isn't aware i will go through all my 30 picks for the first round And then on top of that, we will also look at another mock draft uh, from around the league, whether that's ESPN, CBS, Bleacher Report, that sort of thing. Uh, In fact, this week, we are going to be looking at CBS Sports mock draft. So this would be the mock draft from Gary Parish um, that was released just recently. Start off with the Phoenix Suns. And both me and Gary have them taking what I think is a fairly obvious pick, which is DeAndre Ayton. The other player that I do think uh, they are obviously going to look at is going to be Luka Doncic, which he obviously is familiar with Luka, their new coach, that is. So if they were to go Luka Doncic... I don't think that's an issue at all. I think he's going to be a very, very solid player. But in this instance, I do have him going uh, Aiton. Uh, Reports are Aiton is the pick. Many teams around the league agree that this is going to be a pick, despite those ties that we mentioned. In addition to that, I am a big personal fan of Aiton, so I'm going to stick with him here. I have had him here uh, since the beginning. I will add, I think when all is said and done, there are some other players in this draft that actually might be the best Player of this draft when all is said and done but given the vast amount of talent time will tell on that uh, in this draft class but uh, DeAndre Ayton is a solid pick here at number one moving to number two we have the Sacramento Kings Uh, Jonathan Gavani of Draft Express and ESPN has reported that the Sacramento Kings and Atlanta Hawks who hold the second and third picks respectively may pass on the Slovenian guard in favor of American front court players. Now, while I personally think this is this is crazy. And now I get the Kings and let's say the Hawks. Uh, I get that they have a need for front court players, but when you're rebuilding, you cannot focus on need. And I think Luka Doncic is such a good talent that I'm a little shocked that they'd want to pass up on him here. But in this in this instance, uh, that's the way I have them going, just based on the information that's kind of out there. So while I think it's crazy. I'm going to go with it and uh, say the Sacramento Kings go with Marvin Bagley. Um, You know, the one thing you can say about Jonathan Cavani, he's very tied in and he does work with Waj now at ESPN. So I don't think he would report this unless there was real steam. So, again, that's why I'm going to go with Marvin Bagley Jr., Initially, in the, my draft process, in my mock drafts, I was not a huge fan of Bagley. In in really researching him more and in really putting in the time to watch more film on him, I, I'm starting to like him a little more and more. He's looked pretty good in workouts for some teams. And I do actually think this is a pretty solid pick. So Marvin Bagley Jr. going to the Kings. Uh, Gary Parrish, he has the Kings going with Luka Doncic, which, again, in an ideal world, I think that's the best pick here, just given the talent level. But... Again, I don't think Marvin Bagley Jr. is a bad pick And that's who I have them going with Moving on to pick number three We'll start with uh, Gary Parish this time he has Marvin Bagley going to the Hawks Which again makes a lot of sense I had him going number two uh, He is off the board Now given what we talked about earlier Luka Doncic in this scenario is not going to go yet So I do have the Hawks taking Jaron Jackson Jr Definitely one of my favorite players in this draft He's the power forward six foot ten, out of Michigan State uh, Just 18 years old uh, If reports are true that they would pass on Doncic Then I think they can do a lot worse than adding Jaron Jackson here Who fits that mold of the uh, the american front court player that's been mentioned i have seen others link jackson to the hawks as well and at only 18 years old he's super talented and having a front court of collins and jackson for for me i think is really good for a long time and are some nice cornerstones to build around since the hawks are in fact uh starting that rebuild uh currently moving on to pick four Uh, Given what we talked about earlier, uh, Luka Doncic is available and he's the no-brainer pick for the Grizzlies Uh, This is one of the best draft classes I think we have ever seen In addition to that, Luka is one of the best international prospects ever and one of the best prospects in general And it's crazy to me that he is even available at four, but like I said, given what we talked about He is available Just think about all he has done And he's just 19 years old EuroLeague MVP EuroLeague Final Four MVP Led his team to the title He can pass, dribble, shoot And at 19, I think he could be a force For a really long time And I think he can also help to speed up that Grizzlies rebuild Because you're getting such a good talent here And way too good to pass up There's also reports that the Grizzlies could look to trade back In the right deal To add even more than just one player at four Which is another scenario that I personally would not have a problem with uh, And I think it's a good option So there's a lot of things that they can do With that pick four, but I do think The best option probably would be Luka Doncic if he was to slip to them At four, when you look at The CBS Sports mock, they have Michael Porter Jr. going here at four Again for a rebuilding team You're always going for that home run Pick early in the draft, you really want to take a guy That you feel can really solidify your future. So I have no issues if they were to go Michael Porter Jr. here. Uh, again, a lot of that's uh, going to come down to the the medical red flags, obviously, on his back and how that is doing. Moving on to pick five, we have the Dallas Mavericks. And for Dallas, CBS Sports has them taking Jaron Jackson Jr., the guy that I just talked about recently. Already going in my mock, I do have the guy that I've kind of had slated here from the beginning, one of my favorite players. And ultimately... He could end up being the best player out of this draft class uh, When all is said and done, that's Mo Bamba I think one of the main reasons that Bamba is even still available Is that there are questions in regards to not only his strength But also uh, playing in the post in the NBA with that strength Is I think going to be an issue But then also some people have questioned his drive And we've seen this with Andrew Wiggins If you don't have that just 110% always Going hard. I think it's a little tough sometimes when you get to that next level He does however have all of the talent in the world and he's incredibly gifted physically given He will jump in the league and have the largest wingspan right off the bat Mavs missed out on Jordan and free agency a few years ago But they won't miss out on Bamba to fill their big man spot and join Dennis Smith jr In building for the future. So I love this pick uh, for the Dallas Mavericks moving on to pick six I've gone With this guy here to the Orlando Magic Since day one And I think he's the perfect pick I do know that Magic fans are big fans of him And they think he's a good fit And I think if you can get this guy here I just think you have to go for it And that's Trey Young I have them taking him at six I just... I've seen other mock drafts that have him slipping a bit, but I'm going to stand firm here, and I do think he's a great for, for this team. You see what Steph Curry is able to do in the finals and what he's been able to do just in general with that crazy range that he has, and Trey Young is one of those prospects that comes in And I'm not saying he's going to be the next Steph Curry, but he does have that really good range. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what they're able to do with him. And I think he's just a great pick for a rebuilding team here at number six. And actually, for CBS Sports, Gary Parish, he does agree. He has Trey Young going to the Magic at pick number six. Moving on to pick seven, we have the Chicago Bulls. I've kind of been uh, all over the place with the Chicago Bulls. They could go with a player like Michael Porter Jr. I do think they have some pretty good options here. Um, But I'm going to go with Wendell Carter Jr., the power forward center from Duke. Uh, The Chicago Bulls will walk away with either Wendell Carter Jr., Mo Bamba, or Michael Bridges on draft night. Uh, That's actually from uh, Darnell Mayberry, who is from the Athletic. And that's uh, kind of a report he put out recently on Twitter. So for me, that makes a lot of sense. I really like uh, any of those players, if they're available to the Bulls. But in this scenario, I do like Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, apparently, great minds think alike because it sounds like the Bulls uh, agree with me and they think that he's a good player. And so I'll stick with him just like I did in Mach 3.0. I think Lowry and him will be a great tandem in the front court for the Bulls' future. Uh, one thing to watch if you have not watched. A lot of his film Great footwork And he's a young player So he's got you know room to grow in other areas too So I think for the rebuilding Bulls They could do a lot worse at this pick Moving on to pick 8 Actually, sorry, before we do that Let's take a look at uh, CBS Sports And they have at number 7 Mo Bamba Going to the Bulls And uh, again, if he's available He's a great pick for the Bulls I just don't see him as being available But again, if he is He's perfect So they're, they're on that same wavelength of of looking to add another big man To go with Lowry Mark and him So it makes a lot of sense The, the only goofy thing I'll add is Mo Bamba on Suya Sports Is listed as a power forward uh, Which is news to me and I think most people Uh, moving on to pick eight uh, we'll start with CBS Sports this time Uh, they have the Cavaliers taking Colin Sexton that's a name that has been linked to them quite a bit Uh, so I'm not I'm not shocked and I think that is a solid pick by the Cavs but in, in my scenario Michael Porter Jr. is still available and I think that he's gonna be the guy that can really jump start what the Cavs are gonna have to build once once LeBron James likely leaves this summer so Uh, Jonathan Gavani talked about how Porter Has the potential to slide a bit So that's one of the reasons he's available here Um, When it's all said and done I do personally think uh, That it'd be shocking if he was to go outside Of the top 10 just considering how good He could potentially be while a lot Does ride on the medicals obviously Uh, Given the Cavs are likely to lose LeBron though Again, this is the perfect pick And you can start your rebuild around him Now, I don't think that the Cavs have a lot of other great pieces So this is really going to be a full-on rebuild uh, If LeBron James does leave And again, even if LeBron doesn't leave I think Michael Porter Jr. is versatile enough That I think he's still going to be a good pick here If he's available Again, if his medicals check out uh, He could definitely go sooner Um, The industry concerns though are real And I have noticed some people have Michael Porter Jr. sliding as far as like 14 or 15 I would be absolutely shocked There's just too many teams in there That I don't think are going to pass up on The talent that's available and his potential ceiling Even if there are Some medical concerns Moving on to number nine, we have the New York Knicks, and I have them taking Mikael Bridges, the wing out of Villanova, six foot seven, the junior. Uh, I have seen what, what went from almost a consensus uh, for Knicks fans. That has changed, and I know some people have started to cool on Mikael. For me, I think part of that is the NCAA tournament is long past, and Mikael has not really done as much recently to keep himself newsworthy, while other prospects have kind of garnered more attention. From Mike Verkinov, who covers the Knicks for the Athletic, always interested to know how much teams dig into a player pre-draft. Knicks have talked to Mikael Bridges, AAU coach, and his high school athletic director. So this is clearly a player they really like, and they've started to deep dive on him, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Now, if we look over at CBS Sports, they do have Wendell Carter Jr. I don't have him available. If he is, I could see them maybe going this route, uh, but I, I, do, I think for me, I like the fit of either Bridges player a little better than Wendell Carter Jr., but that's who they're going with. Moving on to pick 10, looking at CBS Sports, they have Mikael Bridges going to the 76ers. The 76ers would absolutely love it if Mikael Bridges is available, and if he is available, I agree with them. That is going to be the pick, but again, that's not my, my pick here. I have him going the pick before. And uh, for me, the 76ers, I have them going with the other Bridges, Miles Bridges. Uh, he wants to be the next positionless player, very similar to his friend Draymond Green. And what a, what a better player to place to do it than with the Sixers. Uh, it sounds like ideally the Sixers would like Mikael, as we talked about, but Miles is a very good uh, second option. I've seen you know, Kevin Knox is another name that has been linked to them at this spot. With such a, with such a deep draft, uh, 10 is a good spot if you're a team like the Sixers, who are already in that next tier. Of, of really solid teams, and I have to wonder if a team already as good as the Sixers maybe considers trading. But if they do keep the pick, they're going to have some great options available here, just like we talked about. Moving on to pick number eleven, I have Kevin Knox still going to the Hornets here. The small forward from Kentucky, six foot nine. He's the freshman, just eighteen years old. I do think that the Hornets, like other teams, are hoping one of the bridges falls to them. But for a team looking for a forward to complement Howard and Walker, Knox is a great option. In addition, given Walker's name has come up in the past as a possible trade target for other teams, if the Hornets embrace a rebuild, Knox is only 18, and he can grow as the team grows. Recently, I I saw a mock that had Knox dropping to the Wolves at 20, but let's be honest, I don't think that's happening. And I I definitely don't think he's going to get past the Clippers or the Wizards if he was to slide a little bit further. Looking at Gary Parish and CBS Sports, they have Miles Bridges going to the Hornets at pick number 11. Makes a lot of sense if he is available. Again, I don't have him available, but if he is, I do agree. I think he would probably be the pick. Moving on to pick number 12, we have uh, the first of two Clippers picks. Then we're looking at CBS Sports. They have Robert Williams going at pick number 12. And at pick number 13, they have Shai Gilgis Alexander. Love both of those picks for the rebuilding Clippers. I personally have gone a slightly different direction. I do think Robert Williams is going to be the pick at one of these spots. I, I have him going at 13. And then Colin Sexton is actually who I have available at uh, number 12 going to the Clippers. Now, again, In the CBS Sports version, they do have Colin Sexton gone. He went to the Cavaliers earlier. So again, if Colin Sexton is gone, I love the pick of Shia Gilgis-Alexander. We are clearly on the same page in terms of what the Clippers are looking to add in this draft. So it makes a lot of sense for them to go with Shai Gilgis-Alexander or a player like Colin Sexton in this position. Either of those players I think would be solid options as one of the point guards they would grab with one of those two picks. And obviously we both agree on Robert Williams, the Texas A&M big man. Moving on to 14, I have Shai Gilgis-Alexander. Uh, shout out to the Denver Stiffs, uh, who work with us here at Nothing But Net uh, on Dash Radio. Ryan Blackburn, who's with the Stiffs, uh, he's not part of the pickaxe show that we have on our network, but he uh, he does work with the Denver Stiffs. And he said, uh, during the ESPN mock special just now, the Nuggets have been trying to get off of Kenneth's free contract for a year plus. They're a candidate to use that 14th pick to get off of that salary. That's what they talked about on ESPN. And this lines up with a lot of... What a lot of Nuggets pundits Have thought for a while Is what Ryan Blackburn adds uh, For me If they do trade the pick Just to move Fareed Then I'm sad for Nuggets fans Given Wolves fans Have experienced this uh, We did this with a player Such as uh, Wes Johnson And losing picks To get rid of bad players I, For my money it Just sucks There's obviously talk That we might do the same thing To move on from a player Like Gorgie Jang But I never hope That that happens For any team It's never a good thing To be in a position Where you gave a bad contract to a player and now you're trying to move off with that deal Just to save the money I do think if they make the pick though uh, Shy Gilgis alexander makes a lot of sense And if another team tra- another team trades With them uh, depending on the team I think he would be good value here as well So any team that would trade with the, that would potentially Trade with the nuggets would probably Look at shy uh, in terms of Best player available uh, At 15 Actually, before we move on, let's look at they have Kevin Knox on CBS Sports. They have Kevin Knox going to the Nuggets at pick number 14. Again, in my draft, he is gone. But if he was available, I think he would be a solid pickup for the Nuggets. Uh, once again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is quarter one of the Howl, and this is my mock draft 4.0. At 15, we move to I have Lonnie Walker, the shooting guard out of Miami. Uh, sorry to Waj and all of the Wizards fans, but I do not see Michael Porter Jr. falling this far. Again, obviously, if he did fall, that would be the pick. Uh, but six foot five for Lonnie Walker, good shooting touch and a six foot eleven wingspan. I think you got to sign me up for a, a guy that really likes Walker to the Wizards. Kevin Herter is another player that is really hot right now and has been linked to the Wizards. Although I feel this would be a little early for him, and it would surprise, but it would not surprise me if they do go that route. Lonnie Walker just looked great at his pro day. And ESPN Steam has him as a hot commodity as he was 10th to the Sixers in their latest mock. So the value is definitely there. Looking at CBS Sports, they have Cade Bates-Diop, another solid player. I do have him going a little later, but if they were to take him at 15, I would understand it. Just a solid veteran player. He's not going to come in at 18 years of old. Obviously, Kade Bates Diop is the player, the junior small forward out of Ohio State. Very good numbers, though, at Ohio State. And he is another solid player. If they want to go somewhere, that a player is a little more seasoned. Looking at pick 16, we have the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Suns uh, on CBSSports.com are taking Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker, obviously, I feel, would be a solid pick, as I have him going just earlier to the Washington Wizards. In my mock though, I do have Aaron Holiday So I agree that going guard makes a lot of sense The Suns GM mentioned that their plans will vary on draft night And if they're going to take a big man at pick number one It makes a lot of sense to take a point guard at pick number 16 here And Aaron Holiday is a player that has really started to move up boards And so I think he makes a lot of sense Uh, Basketball is also in his blood as his brothers are Drew and Justin Looking at some of his college stats, 20.3 points per game 5.8 assists per game and 43% from three make him a, a solid option here at number 16. Moving on to 17, we have the Bucks picking. And I'm sticking with something I have had before, and that's Zaire Smith, the six foot five shooting guard out of Texas Tech, the freshman, just 18 years old. If you haven't had a chance yet, I strongly urge you to watch the ESPN Combine coverage. I know I mentioned this in my last mock, but really, it's a very good interview. He got interviewed on day one. This kid is an elite rebounder, and listening to him talk, along with what Jay Billis says in regards to coaches, really can't get upset when players can't box him out because he is just so good. Box outs are such an underrated skill. There are a lot of guys in the NBA that either aren't good at it or choose just not to do it, and for a guy to come in and and understand just how important it is to grab that rebound and to fight inside, I think that's incredibly important, and I think the Bucs could do a lot worse than taking Zaire Smith at 17 Looking at CBS Sports, they have Troy Brown, another player I am really starting to love and watching film on. So if they were to go Troy Brown, that would make a lot of sense to me as well. So there's no issue for my money with that. We're both thinking shooting guard to the Bucks at 17. Moving on to 18, we have the Spurs, and this would upset me a little bit, and I know other Wolves fans would be upset about this as well, but CBS Sports has Kyrie Thomas going at 18, and honestly, it wouldn't shock me. I think Kyrie Thomas fits what the Spurs are trying to do very well, and I think he'd be such a solid option. Obviously, I would hope he continues to drop so the Wolves have a chance at him, but in their mock, they have him going at 18, and I think that makes a lot of sense. In mine, I I struggled here. Uh, I think there's a lot of picks that make sense to the Spurs, but ultimately what I decided was that I think Kata Bates-Diop ends up being the guy that they really look at, and I think he could be the perfect Uh, Popovich type player and uh, You know he's a solid player he was The big 10 player of the year as a fourth year Junior at Ohio State Uh, almost 20 points a game 8.7 rebounds 1.6 assists and 1.6 Block shots so he was putting up A solid stat line in college And I think the Spurs are going to find That too good to pass up but again uh, Either him or Kyrie Thomas are great options I do also think if Troy Brown Is available he'd be another guy they'd look at They have a number of options uh, sitting at 18 18 so number 19, we have the Hawks, and I'm sticking with Troy Brown. The more I watch Brown, the more I really like his game. I know he is, a f- is far from a finished product, but I really like that for a rebuilding team like the Hawks, they can grab a guy with a really high ceiling in Brown. Obviously, he has some room to grow. He's not a finished product, and if he was, he would have already gone. But I think this is a solid pickup at 19 for the rebuilding Hawks. If you're looking at the Hawks on CBS Sports, they have them taking Zan and Musa. I really like and Musa. My issue with taking him at nineteen is I think his stock has definitely started to drop a bit. There's other players that are more in the limelight that have really shined, I think, a bit more. And also there's we're starting to see some red flags come out on Zan and Musa and his back. And I think at 19, I think there are better options for them. Like I mentioned, Troy Brown, Dante DiVincenzo, maybe Kyrie Thomas. They have better options, I think, than than Musa. especially given I think there's a small chance that Musa drops to them at pick number 30. So we'll see. But I, I just think that that's a little bit of a stretch at 19. In my earlier mocks, I did have him going in this in this spot or not in this spot, but like right around this area. And I think that was his value at the time. But I think now his value has started to drop, and there's better options for the Hawks at number 19. Moving on to the most important pick, I do think the Wolves, in my scenario, is go Kyrie Thomas. I am starting to wonder if Thomas is going to be here for the Wolves to pick. Obviously, in the CBS Sports mock draft, he is not. I think there is a strong chance, unfortunately, that he's off the board already. But in this mock, I do have him available. And in this instance, I think this is a no-brainer pick. ESPN has us taking Bruce Brown Jr., who I've really started to pay attention to a little more. Definitely another player to watch, being a great defender. And for my money, I'm seeing that he's becoming an improved jump shooter. He's got a nice uh, high release, and it's a pretty consistent jump shot. And so if he can continue to grow that part of his game and become more of a two-way player, then I would really like the pick of Bruce Brown Jr. at 20 if Kyrie Thomas and, let's say, uh, some of those other wings that, that we like that have a little more value are gone. CBS Sports.com has us taking Dante Divincenzo, another player I'm very high on. If we let's just take a look and see what they say specifically about Divincenzo. Um, he was barely on anybody's immediate NBA radar before he made five three pointers and scored 31 points in the national title game against Michigan. But thanks to that effort and a tremendous week at the combine, the six-foot-five guard is now considered a likely first-round pick. On the season, DiVincenzo averaged 5.33 point attempts per game and made 40.1% of them, so obviously that's pretty solid. He projects as a bouncy two-way player who can be a weapon on the perimeter, and the fact that he comes from the winning culture of Villanova, that also adds another aspect that definitely cannot hurt with him at that spot. Moving on to pick 21, the Jazz in CBS Sports mock take Aaron Holiday, who I had going obviously earlier, to the Suns. In this instance, I do have the Jazz looking at Eli Acobo. Uh, Jonathan Gavani says on, on Eli, or on Ellie, super smooth athlete with terrific shot-making ability. Body has improved quite a bit from last year. I also saw on Twitter these stats posted. Frank Nilakina, final year in France, 5.2 points, 1.4 assists, 2.1 rebounds, shooting 48.5, 43.1, 62.1. Kobo's final year in France, 12.9 points, 4.8 assists, 2.8 rebounds, shooting 47.5, 39.4, and 81.9. Now, Nilakina was drafted eighth. Obviously, Kobo is not—that's not, not going to happen with him. Now, there is no question that Nilakina was a better prospect defensively, and that's a big reason why he did go so high. But you add to that that this draft class is that much better than last year, and you kind of start to see why a player like Kobo would be available at 21— I've seen another number of Jazz fans that are pretty high on him as well. And I do think that having Rubio as a mentor and veteran leader can help acclimate him a lot faster in Utah. 44 points on 17 shots for uh, Ellie when he was playing in the French playoffs. He was on the road against the best team in the league, Monaco. You, and uh, as... Jonathan Gavani points out you can bet that NBA teams will be looking back at the film on that one And he says that if you watch this game, it's really shocking that at the end of the game They really looked away from ellie, which makes no sense given what a game he he played Unfortunately, it was a loss But if you go back and watch the the statistics and or watch the highlights of that game You will not be disappointed and I think you'll start to become a fan of him Looking at pick 22, both I and CBS Sports have the Bulls taking Chandler Hutchison. Now, I mentioned this in the past. I'm a I'm a I'm definitely a fan of Chandler enough to say that if the Wolves were to grab him, I would not be that upset. uh, You know, at pick 20, I have heard rumblings, though, that Chandler does have a promise here to the Bulls. And we mentioned that uh, the last mock draft mock draft 3.0. I think he makes a lot of sense for a young rebuilding team, especially given he is a little older and a lot more polished at this stage than some. So I agree that this makes a lot of sense, especially, obviously, if he is the pick already and they've made some sort of a promise. Again, this is quarter one on the Howell. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. This is Mock Draft 4.0. Moving on to pick number 23, we have the Pacers, and I have Landry Schmet, the point guard of Wichita State, Chemin is a player that has started to move up boards more recently. I have seen him linked to the Pacers by a few different people, and I think he makes a lot of sense, as the Pacers are not set long-term at point guard. On top of that, he has shown the ability to hit the long ball, shooting 44% in his last two college seasons from three. And teams believe he can play off-ball. At 23, the Pacers can do a lot worse, for my money, than a 6'5'' combo guard who does show he's a pretty good athlete and he had a really good combine. Looking at CBSSports.com, they have Zaire Smith, which, if Zaire Smith is available, he'd be a home run pick here for the Pacers. Obviously, in my mock, I do not have him available, and I don't think he will be. But if he is, another solid pick to go with for the Indiana Pacers, who I do think would be looking to go guard. Moving on to pick 24, looking at CBSSports.com, they have the Blazers taking another guy that's really started to jump aboard, and that's Kevin Herter, who is staying in the draft now. He's the sophomore shooting guard out of Maryland. I have them actually taking Jacob Evans, the small forward six foot six out of Cincinnati. Blazers have taken a strong look at Evans, it sounds like, including a combine interview and a workout. Evans lists Jimmy Butler as one of his idols. And as a Wolves fan, I can say that is a good guy to try and be like, kind of mold your game against. Evans is a solid defender who looks to play multiple positions, which is an absolute must in today's NBA. So I really like the pick of. Kevin Herter here to the Blazers, if they go that route because he's such a good shooter? Or if they go Jacob Evans. I think those are both actually really solid picks here at 24. And again, once you start getting in the 20s, it's really tough to peg where people are looking. And so you, there's definitely a number of different options. So again, both these guys make sense. Looking at pick 25, CBSSports.com has DeAnthony Melton, uh, USC sophomore point guard, uh, a player that I do really like. But for my money, I'm going Mitchell Robinson. Again, this is very similar to the Bulls. Reports have come out that Robinson has a promise in the first round, and some are saying that the Lakers are the team that has made that promise. So Mitchell Robinson, six foot eleven, he's the freshman. I, I think he's a really solid player. Obviously, we haven't been able to see as much as some of the other players because he was not playing for someone this year, but it does make a lot of sense since the Lakers are rebuilding and given Brooke Lopez is likely leaving in free agency. So at 25, solid pick. A player that I originally had 10 spots earlier to the Warriors or sorry in, to the Wizards in earlier mocks. Moving on to pick 26, looking at CBS they have Grayson Allen. That's actually a player I did strongly consider going here to the 76ers. And I, I, I do think they go a similar route. I have them going Dante DiVincenzo, the out of Villanova, the guard, uh, age twenty-one, six foot five, six foot six wingspan specifically and we mentioned this in the past but his 2017 2018 box plus minus is just really solid at 9.6 which is better than colin sexton uh, and is a little worse than trey young but i mean he's putting up solid numbers and i've seen in recent weeks that he has moved up boards and so i think he makes a lot of sense for a team like the sixers makes the right plays, he passes, he's able to hit the NBA deep three. He's uh, really been playing competently or confidently when teams have watched him, whether it was at the combine or in workouts. So he's definitely a, a solid player. He'll have the ability for, my, for me, I think, to play both guard spots, which is big in today's NBA. And so a team like the Sixers would really like that. He is a player that is a bit tough to peg. And so some people have him earlier in the draft. Some people have put him later in the draft. So I think this is a solid spot to pick him up for the Sixers. 27, I go with someone that I am definitely a bigger fan of than most, and that's the Celtics taking Gary Trent Jr., the shooting guard from Duke. The Celtics, depending on where you look, do not have a ton of shooting guards around for the future. They do have a lot of small forwards, power forwards, guys that play multiple positions. But I think a guy like Gary Trent Jr. makes a lot of sense And I'm a bigger fan than most Some people do have him slipping to the second round So for me, I do think this is Pretty much a steal and a great pick For the Celtics at 27 Obviously Gary Trent Jr. does have some work To put into becoming a better shooter And a better defender But one thing that Gary Trent Jr. is great at is just being a scorer in general, very similar to uh, what Jason Tatum was coming into the league. And if Gary Trent Jr. can make that same jump, the Celtics are the perfect team to do that with. And I think that Brad Stevens can make him into just a really great player. The 27th pick for the Celtics on CBSSports.com, they have Mitchell Robinson. He's obviously the player that I had going recently to the Lakers, so I could understand if he's still available, why the Celtics might take a chance on a player like him. Moving on to pick 28, uh, I go with Kevin Herter going to the Warriors. Word is that Herter has a promise in the first round, and that is why he stayed in the draft. He looks automatic from NBA range with his feet set. He's a good passer, putting a good effort in defensively. He's grown over an inch since last year, according to measurements. Maybe no one is rising faster than Herder, and I actually have seen him being talked about as early as 15 to the Wizards. Warriors on the Sports.com mock have them taking Jacob Evans, a player I had going earlier, if he's still available, I think he would be a solid pick. Again, the Warriors have so many options because there's still a lot of guys available, and I think that they could do a lot worse than going Evans at 28. Moving on towards the end of the draft, we're at number 29 in the Nets. The Nets go with Josh Okoji on Sports.com. He's a shooting guard that has definitely started to open some eyes more recently for a team like the Nets. I totally understand it. But in my instance, I am grabbing a guy that has slid due, some, due to some medical concerns and because he's not much in the spotlight anymore, and that is Zanin Musa. He's had back issues, and obviously there's a lack of defense, and that's why he's fallen here. I am a big fan of his. I've loved him since the beginning of this draft, kind of that draft lookup process, and there's a lot of reasons to like him. But I do have an issue with back, with back problems. That's something that's a big red flag for me. And the fact that he really doesn't play a lot of defense, I think, are two big issues at 29. And so for a team like the Nets, that's why he falls. And that's why I think they take a chance at this, because for a team that's rebuilding, he could definitely be that home run pick, again, that a lot of rebuilding teams are looking for. Looking at the last pick, pick a number 30, and I have Grayson Allen going to the Hawks. Allen has really started to move up boards, and I have seen some people even link him to the Wolves at 20. Our guy, Darren Wolfson mentioned him as a name to watch more so just because I believe he's coming in for a workout and just he kind of fits the mold of what they're looking for. Dominated at the combine was definitely more athletic than a lot of people realized. I will mention this tidbit again. While most prospects leaped off of both feet at the combine to reach as high as they could, Allen did his leap off one foot. So you look at uh, something said by SB nation's Ricky O'Donnell scouts always look for one footed leapers because they can get off the ground quicker for my money great value at 30 for the rebuilding Hawks. Again, they've got a number of picks in this draft, so it would not surprise me if they made some trades, but they can afford to take chances on multiple players because they have a lot of room to grow. On CBSSports.com, they have Bruce Brown Jr. That's actually a guy that ESPN has us taking at 20 in one of their recent mocks. So I get Bruce Brown Jr. and why you would look at him. He's got an improved jump shot, very solid defender, and he's a guy that you can definitely continue to build your franchise around. So he'd be a solid pick at 30. So that was my mock draft 4.0 for this year's NBA draft. You've been listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net Channel, quarter one of The Howl. Quarter two of The Howl here on Dash Radio's
0: Nothing But Net Channel. This is our talker segment where we cover everything NBA and WNBA Now the first thing I want to get into guys Is something that's been Sweeping the, uh, the Twitter sphere If you will uh, Recently And that's the use of burner accounts uh, Allegedly It has not been proven yet Burner? Burner accounts By uh, uh, Sixers President Brian Colangelo so this is this is a story that's gotten really weird, and um, it, it it caught some some step up, if you will, on the Ringer website, which I believe that's uh, Ben si- or uh, uh, not Ben Simmons. Um, why am I blanking on his name now? Bill Bill Simmons. There he is. Oh, my gosh. Um, on his, uh, his website about, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the secret Twitter accounts where uh, team information has been released, uh, the accounts have been bashing Sixers players, and just some weird stuff in general. And a couple people did some digging and find that there, uh, there might
2: be some similarities in these accounts. It's an interesting story to say the least You know we, we complain about Tom Thibodeau But at least at a minimum He just shuts his mouth And he doesn't let anything get out This story is crazy at best And it's it's pretty inflammatory It's worse because you have a guy And, and I don't know if you guys saw this Either yesterday or today I did see a few accounts that talked about how uh, Odds are that the Sixers are going to let him go Which wouldn't surprise me Yep
0: well, I mean, especially because a lot of people are saying that the Sixers are the front runner to land LeBron James, and the last thing that you want is this kind of thing happening when you're trying to woo the biggest free agent in the NBA. You know what? You know how else they're going to woo
2: LeBron James? By the way, you know who the rumored replacement would be for him? David Griffin. David Griffin. Yep which would be a smooth move, yeah. I would just get rid of him. It, it, like now that even this even has sti- happened, even still. just get rid of him and bring David Griffin in. I think that'd be a great move. To It'd kind of be the opposite of Tom Thibodeau getting rid of Carltown's shooting coach. This is, we're going to bring in a guy we know LeBron likes, and we're going to start off on the right foot. And you already have, to me, I feel like you've already opened that door, and LeBron goes, all right, I'm looking. And now you add his guy,
1: and he's like, all right, now I'm really thinking about going to you guys. So we're talking about seven possible accounts, I believe is the number. So yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing
0: different things here and there. The well, originally it was thing, five, right? Originally, yeah. Originally it was five. It was, there was
1: two that were really under suspicion. Yep. They couldn't link for sure, but five that had a very tight, uh, I don't know, pattern. Correct. Yep. Well, correct. and
0: it was it was at fila one two three four five six seven. At Al Vic, and then a bunch of numbers At Honest A, and then a bunch of numbers Um, At Enough Unknowns uh, Enough enough Unknowns, so one And then at S underscore bottoms Were the, uh, the initial five and uh, what, what they kind of saw was that, you know, like I said, criticizing NBA players, including Joel Embiid, who, for the record, went off on Twitter on each of these accounts that were the quote-unquote burner accounts. Uh, Jaleel Okafor and Nerlens Noel uh, telegraphed the trade in which the Sixers acquired the number one overall pick, disclosed non-public medical information about Okafor, and publicly debated the decisions of his own coaching staff as well as cr- critique. Sam Hineke
1: and Masai Ujiri well what we're dealing with here is a a major breach of trust uh, within an organization if this ends up coming full circle and tying back to Colangelo or even now it appears they're trying to deflect off of him to his wife which I guess she could be a fall person easily for it but you know it, really, <laughs> I, well, I guess Chris, in Chris Carter's words, everybody needs a fall guy, right? Oh, I forgot about that.
0: <laughs> well, and I don't know, I don't, I don't think necessarily she's doing anything. But what they what they found is the writer of this story uh, basically reached out to the Sixers because there was uh, kind of like a, a following pattern of you know a former media member being followed by a bunch of these accounts and reached out to the sixers to see if uh, um you know, the, the link nature and, and Colangelo responded and said, well, yeah, I've used the FILA one, two, three, four, five, six, seven to monitor our industry and other events, but I don't tweet from it, which was verified. And then that that's kind of where it ran off as other people looked at these other accounts and you see screenshots of the forgot my password where it says, send an email to, or send a text to. And if you look at the FILA one, two, three, four, five, six, seven account, the last two numbers of the phone
2: number and the email seem to match up basically perfectly with a and couple media of media have accounts. verified. Some media members on Twitter did verify that that was the number they knew yep. from him for
0: Colangelo. And then the other numbers they were trying to figure out, and it turns out that that's his wife's cell phone number. Yep. So I don't know necessarily that she's the one doing it. I but, would say no, but I, I'm guessing it's him using her phone or her, you know, that like her account or something along those lines. Can,
1: can I put out a what is it? Uh, not a. PDA. PSA? A PSA? PSA? I want to put out a PSA. Anyone that's in professional sports right now and you have burner accounts and you think you're never going to get caught, you should probably just dump them right now because Kevin let's Durant. face it, in, in this day and age. The Kevin Durant one was amazing. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it, and it just takes one slip up. Uh, NBA Twitter is probably the best professional sports league Twitter that there is. Nothing's going to get by. If you think you're going to be slick Rick and you're not going to get caught doing this kind of crap, I mean, come on. I, I cannot believe a guy in this position, if this ends up being linked back with him, which I hate to say it. The evidence that I've read and went through so far all points at him or even in, if it can be like, let's say, take a lesser value. Let's say he knew about it. That's still an issue. Yep. it's one of those things you where, have a duty to the organization. But part of
2: it too goes back to let, let's say, let's just say hypothetically, his wife is the one that's doing it. Well, it's kind of like when you talk about like with Rick Pitino at Louisville, and they say, well, you had to know about it, right? Well, you had to know about Brian. If your wife's doing this, you'd have to know about it. And if you don't, you've done a disservice anyways. You know, it's that guilt by association partially too.
1: I, I, I would be surprised. I don't see any way he comes out of this thing looking good. Nope. And if this honestly gets tied back to him, I could see like a, a very severe like punishment by the NBA. I mean – Yep. Even a ban from the Well the league. crazy part I mean, is they're the ever... ones that
2: recommended him You know they wanted Sam Hinky out They didn't like what he had done And they recommended Clangelo, But
1: in for all good purposes because you look at him I mean he's a legacy NBA guy mm-hmm. From his father Been around the league his entire life I mean that's what I talk about Breach of trust in professional Not even professional sports But just in business in general Is a one of the worst things that you can do, Agreed. because you're in a imposition in of power, you have people's trust. To take advantage of that is is just a, a king with no repercussions. You know what I mean? It, it's just it, it's unfortunate that uh, this has to happen. You feel bad for the Sixers. They finally had a great season after years of just being in the slumps, and and now this. Yeah. But Rob's take. This thing all might work out just perfect for them. They get rid of him. Yep. You know, they clean clean it up. Here comes David Griffin. Here comes the king. Holy moly.
2: You know, I think the lesson learned here by the way is never take a recommendation from the NBA. First they recommended David Kahn. We all know how that went. And now they recommend Brian Clangele. We see how that went. Yep. But also, this and goes back Trump
1: to the CP3 trade to LA. That's what I'm
2: saying. Like let's not let's not let the NBA overextend themselves anymore. I think that needs to stop. But the NBA they're the ones that started the burner account. If you guys recall from around a year ago, they talked about how Adam Silver had a, a hidden account on yep. Twitter. And I, I I posted the article. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll throw it back out there because I know we posted it back in the day. But someone did the same kind of thing that they did with Brian Colangelo, and they cause because he's the one that came out and said it uh, was Adam Silver. He said, I have a secret Twitter account and he loves NBA Twitter just as much as everyone else. So someone did the digging and said, I'm gonna find that Twitter account and for anyone that doesn't remember this someone so if you go to medium.com that's where it's located the article he said what first stood out to me was this account and he found one it's at Milton Point and he said based on the lists the location so it's located in New York City this person is they're following all the NBA's main accounts which would make a lot of sense and they don't have a lot of followers, and they're they're very bland. So they haven't done any, th- any work to their actual account. And if you Google Milton Point and Adam Silver, you get a page that talks about Rye, New York. Well, Rye, New York is where Adam Silver's from. So the guy put two and two together. So I love that there's people on the internet that are willing to do this kind of work for us. Because I don't know about you guys. I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> but I like that someone else does. Right? That's yep. like,
1: a, I feel like a week-long research project. A lot of trips to the coffee shop. Staying up late. You know man Well
0: and and with this article Which I do highly recommend reading because it goes A lot more in depth than we're even able to get to At this point Uh, Ben Dietrich Is the the writer of it it's a phenomenal Piece but I mean People need to learn their lessons, in all honesty. I mean, I, I'm even seeing some pop-up on NBA Reddit with, like, Jason Kidd has burner accounts. Like, here's the story how. And um, it might not be tied directly to him, but somebody who sells his memorabilia. And it's just—you can you can tell that a lot of people have them, but people know how to use them properly. It's It's the dumb ones that get caught.
1: Well— Let's look at it like this I mean what type of environment does this create I mean people are going to be out there Now that the recipe's out there For how to track these all down And knowing what type of press you can get If you're the one that breaks the code On discovering the next big burner account I mean this ringer article It went viral instantly I mean I I, I seen it posted And I mean it was like 10 minutes later Everyone that was anyone Talking about it 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 was major So I mean I can easily see This becoming the next thing Where it's like Like a TMZ just going in And just nothing but Burner accounts Looking for that Do we have this as The Hollow Hot Topic For next week? I would love to see a poll I want to see a poll On the Hollow Radio Twitter Rob And I want to say Do do we think This is indeed Colangelo Or do we not Or like give it a third choice Like it's his wife Sure Right
2: And then the fourth choice Is always fire tips Yep. Yes. Which, that's will, just how, which will somehow which almost always votes. wins. <laughs> yeah, that'll still somehow get more votes. Don't I, worry. I'd, I'd like, like to it. see
1: that up on the Howell Twitter. Yeah, we can do that. We uh, can do that. Yeah. Check that out at the Howell Radio on Twitter. What do we got next up here on the talkers? Let's, let's yeah. get into the Howell Hot Topic, Rob. This week's Howell Hot Topic. This
2: week's Howell Hot Topic. Yep. So the hot topic uh, deals with the Finals Game Two. Okay. So specifically the play where LeBron James jumps up, gets the pass. Gets, you know. This is a
1: Kevin Love three quarter court pass. Yep,
2: yep, throws it to LeBron. LeBron goes up, makes the catch. Uh, LeBron comes down, gets kind of lands on a guy. Then he gets tripped by Steph Curry. So, of course, my question was did Curry trip LeBron on purpose? Now, I've watched the short clip where they kind of zoom in. I've also watched all the other angles, and you have that full court angle where you kind of see like the bigger picture. And to me, I think he trips him on purpose. So, what we did was here's the options we gave people. 100% 100% yes, no chance, natural motion accident, which that's kind of the gag about the Draymond Green. Oh, it's, it's a natural motion. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, fire thibs. And the the votes have been tallied so far, and the winner is 100% yes. A few of those are me, <laughs> but for my burner accounts, um, zero or no chance is zero percent, which it should be. But twenty nine percent in second is natural motion accident. I voted for that. And you really yeah. think is yeah. you really think that's what it is? Yeah. So when you fall to the ground, you look, see people in the area and then your leg just instinctively kicks. Dude,
0: I mean, let me let me put it this way. I don't I don't necessarily think there was malicious intent. I don't think he was trying to trip him. I think momentum-wise, how... I mean, we've all played the game. We know that, I mean, our limbs go different directions at weird points, and so, I mean, it's... We're not all clumsy oafs like you, Kevin. <laughs> I, okay, so maybe so maybe it's, maybe it's just a thing. You know, what, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm I, I, I just don't see it being malicious intent. And if, if Steph Curry was Draymond Green and Draymond Green was the one doing this, then I would say it's a completely different story. But Steph Curry is kept under
1: the radar. He's been clean. He's been a clean player. I just I don't think no, there's malicious intent. See, well, I think that's part of your problem is that everyone thinks Steph Curry's a clean player. And if you watch him the entire game, he is He's not a clean player He's not a saint He's sneaky He, he He's constantly swearing He's constantly chirping He's tugging He's bumping I mean yeah. he's He's doing stuff but He's, he's but the same time, same. He's not
0: doing the The James Harden step-ins
2: He's not doing the Draymond kicking you In the nuts But well, when you watch The replay on this though He
1: looks at LeBron And then his leg kicks out Like almost instinctively And I've seen him Do this before Like I've seen him Get knocked to the ground And what they do Is they try to Tangle legs Because he's like i'm on the ground i'm trying to either take somebody down with me or whoever else is on the ground i'm trying to hold them up because they i don't want that odd man advantage or just a false call and it stops the play which helps them in essence which by the way gundy doing the call on the finals like that guy's speaking the truth a lot and he was talking about you know these not clear path falls Getting called Where it's not a clear path But it's definitely Stopping the fast break Yes And he's He's basically saying The fall is benefiting The person falling And and that should never should be the case That's was, what That's what Curry's trying to do He's trying to trip you up To stop something And then in this case He's trying to stop The LeBron layup you know, and in his world it's like, yeah, I get called for a fall or they don't call a fall. And that in this instance they did not call the well, fall. He's, the thing about me, when I watch this play, so he's sliding to the
2: right and his body's turning. Well what a normal person would do is you might try to get up, but he doesn't do that. He leans back and kicks his leg out. That's not to me that's not natural.
1: So one of the things too, like, you know, I've I've seen many balls like way up in the air or you get thrown this crazy pass where you know you're gonna have to make like Like a big jump for it And it's kind of Like one of the scariest things Is kind of Jumping over the back Where like It's blind you Right Because Mm -hmm. Especially when you know Other people are coming in Because you don't know If you're going to get Taken out from behind Etc And you make the choice Before you jump To say Okay I'm just going for this And I don't care how this ends Because I'm trying to make a play Yep where this was like Klay Thompson and Steph knew LeBron was going to get the ball, but they're like, we're just going to jump at it anyways, and let's just break it up. And I think it's kind of crazy because when I looked at that play live and then after seeing the replays, for me it just looks like typical Golden State Warrior basketball where they're not afraid to try and injure the best player or a key player, and I just really don't find a lot of respect in that because – you know what there's one thing to compete and not like the other guy or give a hard fall but like to actually try to hurt somebody where now you get a total totally skewed advantage you're not beating the best at their best and to me there's no there's no admiration in that so it's like that play looked dirty to me It well, looked like he was trying To like trip him up Which could have hurt him So what You want to hurt LeBron James And what Just walk away with the championship I, I could wow. see it Congratulations be, But see I could
2: see it Where it's kind of A spur of the moment thing And without thinking He goes I'm going to stop him And he just Instinctively yeah. kicks his leg out I could see that being the case But it still is a dangerous play Yeah And even if he didn't like Necessarily mean to hurt him If he had You know if you take two seconds to think about it You go oh well, I'm not going to Kick my leg out But he does it on purpose That's my thing I think he does do it on purpose Well
1: think about like uh when LeBron got poked in the eye by Draymond. Yeah. I mean, he his arm is at like a like a what is that, a 30-degree angle. Yeah, I know. He's not you trying mean. to block anything. He's no. been, he's trying to hit him in the it's face. It's
2: frustrating. It is.
1: You know, so what you're trying to hurt the guy again? I mean, it's just like there's there's playing hard versus playing hard to hurt somebody. And playing hard to hurt somebody is cheating. It's uh you'll never get my respect because you're not It's not true competition If you don't have The guts The courage Or the You can't have that character To go up against The team that's there Play them at their best They play you at your best And just let the chips fall Where they may But you have to do something else To be advantageous That's not winning in my mm-hmm. mind and The
2: crazy thing still is that This wasn't even you know, a foul Right Which we'll get We'll get into that When we touch base more On the game itself But I don't know
1: Okay I think that's Rob saying. Let's pick another one, Kev.
0: Yeah. Uh, First off, before we move on, I've never actually looked at Rob Hess's Twitter banner until now. Yeah. Have you seen it, Aaron? Uh, it's the best banner yeah. I made it's that myself Shabazz Muhammad dunking A basketball.
2: yeah with Three other bosses It's so weird It's so there's a big there's A larger version of that and in the background I ended in like Shabazz on the other basket Scoring and then uh, Tom Thibodeau is Shabazz and then there's a random Shabazz sitting courtside oh my god Is he
1: even gonna play in the NBA the next year Let's hope yeah, we'll find
0: out we should all hope Uh let's let's get Right into this because this is Aaron and my
2: favorite part of the talker segment Rob Hess hit him with the hot take I always like these So we start off with now this is kind of a bit I think but it's uh, So it's at Petty Air Jordan uh, Michael Jordan is the name listed So this goes back to The foul that was called on Jordan Bell And Jordan Bell cries This is what he says he goes the refs are rigging the game for LeBron And he chooses not to capitalize Like LeBron's not putting out One of the greatest final performances we've ever Seen Right, like I get it. Michael Jordan's amazing, but you can't you can't take anything away from LeBron just because you don't like, you know what I mean? I, because you love Jordan that much. I I, I don't
1: like that, so that one kind of bugs me. Okay, so you want me to dissect this play for you a little bit? I mean, you have yeah, why not? Let's you, do it. You have Jordan Bell who's draped all over LeBron. He's trying to deny the ball, and yeah he's like okay so his right arm he is pulling on lebron lebron basically does a swim move over it and at that point bell falls to the ground yep and is upset falls called on jordan bell jordan bell goes to the sidelines has a tantrum about it which is just crazy but i i get the point where you know, Bell is in the game I mean, he's, he's doing his best he's, he's giving effort There's a lot of emotion behind that But you gotta have some sense of like What's realistic It's not. clearly
2: a foul to me <clears throat> Like, it, it, it looked like a foul it, Nothing about it was a flop or anything like that I thought it was clearly a foul Yes uh, So I got one more from Michael Jordan uh, At Petty Air Jordan He says, look Hit him I'll, with the hot takes I'll admit it LeBron is the greatest runner-up of all time LOL it's like, come on.
1: LOL.
2: The guy's LOL. just kind of, I mean, I don't know. I, I get that Twitter is what, 95% trolls,
1: but come on, man. Like, LeBron's really good but it's kind of a true statement to be honest with you and it's really not the worst statement ever no i mean think of it this way <clears throat> if lebron's prediction
0: of not 1 not 2 not 3 not 4 not 5 not 6 not 7 right <laughs> had actually been true this year the 2018 nba finals would be the last win of the miami heat's eightpeat
1: but it wasn't no, it but was it wasn't not. it
0: wasn't meant to be <clears throat> and how many and in those 7 years rob hess how many titles has LeBron won? Just won two, right? And how many straight finals appearances does he have? Well, he's made it finals in every one. I mean two and six in that time period.
2: Now look. With the teams he's had though, let's not forget he's oh, had some bad oh my teams God. in there. He's had some it's bad a, teams in there. It's such a LeBron apologist. Good lord. LeBron apologist. He's had some bad teams. That's a fact.
1: I will say this, depending on the context in which this is said, it can it's obviously either you know, in this account it's meant to be a diss on him. Yeah. But really like if you're like taking second place to Michael Jordan, if you're taking second place to Bill Russell or all these all-time greats or Kobe, it's not a bad thing. You know, you're never going to get me to say LeBron is better than Michael Jordan. It just isn't going to happen. No, and 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 I I don't really care. There's nothing I can really see LeBron doing that's going to you know, unless he rattles off like four in a row right now. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm not calling it. Anything. So
2: you mentioned Kobe. Did you guys see last week, when I was in Vegas, I saw this on Twitter, somebody was going, you think LeBron had a bad team? How about Kobe's teammates? And it's the teammates. It was when he was with like Pau Gasol and like all those guys. And it's like, and and of course, everyone was like, what are you, an idiot? That's not a bad team at all. It was like Pau Gasol, Lamar Odom. Like It was legitimate, like a good team. Like it's not a bad, like they made it seem like Kobe had the worst teammates of all time. It's like, no, no, LeBron is playing with some jabronis.
1: Well, Kobe did have some really bad teammates. And that was where the seasons zero. But, but not like in the one that the specific picture he showed. You
2: know. It's like okay, I get it. Adam Morrison's in the picture, but after that, yeah. like there's some Adam good Morrison. players. The wow. stash king. I think. Well, let's let's move on to the next one. This is uh, so during that play we just talked about with the. the Are you going to hit him with a hot take? Oh, well, of course. Where hit LeBron, him with a hot take where LeBron gets tripped. Okay. So at Maple Jordan forty three Goose Oberstar he goes that's a great what was no call name? LeBron jumped into Clay and then tripped over his own two feet that's how someone actually saw it so I said so that's part one of the hot take I go did anyone else actually see it this way I go I thought that was clearly a foul Emain Naz two comes in and goes not a foul. She goes, but the technical was ridiculous, which it was. For there to be not only no call, but a technical, that was
1: ridiculous. But she agrees. It's not a foul. That's crazy. That's crazy. And I will say this. Watching every play and really not being invested in either team, you know, I'm just looking for competition. Sure. I find myself constantly going, boy, that's another bad turn of events for the Cavs. Because you go from... What should have been either a layup Off the fast break if there was no fall They fall them, that should have been two free throws They don't call that, and then you call it technical So it's like The refs are making a bad call They're compounding the problem by Then benefiting The team that already got the benefit So they've, they've now just got two beneficial moments and, and let's face it, the NBA Finals has magnified. Anytime, like if you get one extra chance and the other team doesn't, that could be all it takes. So very true, very true. You know just look at just look at what happened in game one. It, outside of the, the absolute gaff of a lifetime for J.R. Smith. There was a handful of calls there right at the end. LeBron getting his wrist just oh, raped so ridiculous. Like blatantly, they're like trying to follow him, and that doesn't get called. So it's just some crazy stuff that just is not going in the Cavs' favor. Yep. And you can see no, it on LeBron. He, he knows he has to play perfect. Somebody from the Cavs has to step up. The Cavs essentially have to play their best basketball to beat the Warriors playing average. Yep, I agree. The last, so the
2: last hot take, this is from at uh, famouslos 32 He says, long story short, is if you have potential to be an all-star or superstar, do not play on the Bron James team because they will make you a spot-up shooter. And he posts a video and he says, this JR show look like an all-star to me. And it's like, come on, really? We're going to pretend like, and this is, we're going we're gonna to say something like this after he just did what he did. Like let's not let's not oversell trying to
1: trying to blame her,
0: trying to blame her, LeBron for J.R.'s decline. You
1: like, want to talk about an apologist? If if you want jumping on the J.R. Smith apologist right, wagon I just, is uh, not
2: the not the wagon. Not to the time that. to do it. Like you're on that you're on that
1: bandwagon alone. It's probably like you and J.R. Smith's wife. Like that's it. I, I don't understand what's going on with them because again, if if dissecting game two, J.R. Smith had some really nice looks. That you got to knock down I mean, those are shots that If I were to shoot them I'd be thinking i got to knock them down Especially at NBA level In a guy who's a, a known Three-point shooter Former six-man Even Kevin Love Had some very good looks From three in game two And he just couldn't Couldn't make and, Guys couldn't hit and, shots And those were Those are key moments I mean, if If all of a sudden you miss a wide open three and that turns into the Warriors getting that layup or that next shot, that's a big swing right there. You you don't stop the momentum. You don't stop the bleeding. And it's how the Warriors just it's sort of like they just jump on top of you, you know, and it happens so fast that way.
2: This is a good springboard. Should we start talking about the, the finals now? Let's do it. So I want to bring this up. We'll we'll talk about game one, obviously, but game two, this is just something that came to mind. For anyone that doesn't watch, I'm a big fan of Nick Wright and the first things first with him and Chris Carter. I I think they talk about some pretty good stuff. But Nick Wright went off today about – the Cavs uh, The teammates of LeBron And How bad is Jordan Clarkson I, th- I believe it was him anyways They were talking about how They have four or five players That are below 30% Shooting in this series And Jordan Clarkson
1: He went something like 102 minutes Without, a, without an assist Dude, are you seeing any of my tweets during the game? Uh, Game one. So game one, Clarkson started off one for six in 10 minutes in the first half. And he missed back to back wide open threes. They're not even covering him. In the second three that he missed, he let Curry leak out on the fast break. So again, you want to talk about turn of of events. I look at like you had a wide open three. That should have been three points for you. Instead, you don't get the three. They get the two. That's a five-point swing in my mind. It's huge. Oh, okay? it's huge. And you can't have that happen. And I even tweeted out that game. I said, if I'm Ty Lue, Clarkson's sitting the rest of the game, and guess what? Puts him back in, and it's just it's just more bad Jordan Clarkson. And I was sort of a Jordan Clarkson guy because I know he trained with Jordan. I really Jordan liked Hammond. him for a while, yeah. I thought he was good. But, like, I, honestly, what this is to me – this is my honest analysis it's the moment is too big for him the spotlight is too much and this is what pressure does to somebody a good player he's just and when you watch him play he looks rushed all the time and that does look rushed yeah that's adrenaline that's pressure it's what it does to you and here you go game two rob this is my tweet hey guess what Clarkson gets his shot blocked on a horrible offensive possession, and the Warriors hit a three. It's It's literally the same thing that just happened. It's a killer. He's taken some horrible shots. I don't even know what they're doing. I would just ride George Hill till the wheels fall off.
2: How about some Rodney Hood? I know Rodney Hood's been really bad, and I know he had this stuff where he refused to go in, but there's no way Rodney Hood's worse than Jordan Clarkson.
1: Well, and who knows what could be going on there. I mean, I got to be honest with you on that if they don't trust him like for instance like if you disobey the coach's orders like that that to me is a trust issue if you're that coach for sure. that's true how can you put this guy in that blatantly disrespected you in the eastern conference finals wasn't it yeah in the I, first round uh, um i think it was first, first round, round. First i round. think it was first okay, round okay whatever first round of the playoffs but either way it shouldn't matter yes you can't trust that guy now in the finals it, i i you know, he got put in in the blow time in game two.
2: But you know, Jordan Clarkson's not the answer. So you just have to wonder if there's something you can do. Like Nick Wright pointed out, the problem is so Jared Smith's been really bad. He's not shooting well at all. Kyle Corvert, not shooting well at all. But they have to play. You have to give those two players minutes. Jordan Clarkson,
1: I don't know. I guess I need to know more behind the scenes to know what's going on there. You know, you can play back all of Jordan Clarkson's offensive possessions, and it's brutal. I mean, he I watched him one time get an offensive rebound and chucked up some crazy shot that, like, went off the side of the backboard for no reason at all. It's like, rough. he did it's not rough. even need to shoot it. He could have reset the offense, burn clock, because that's honestly the Cavs – Their success at the initial first couple quarters in game one were They were eating up the entire clock every single time They were playing at their pace Once you fall into that Warriors pace If you're not hitting threes, it's over Because they're the better shooting team, period You're not going to win that game with them You can't do it So I don't know what Jordan Clarkson's doing, to be honest with you It's been rough it's been tough to watch, and this is,
2: this is arguably the worst team LeBron's played with, I think, in the finals. There's been some bad ones, but this one's up there for sure. It's up there. It's
0: up there. It's up there. You got anything, Kevin? I'm just enjoying the basketball games. I mean, I, look, I'm, I'm rooting for the Warriors in this one. I know I'm in the minority here. rooting for the Warriors? Yeah. There's the door, Kevin. Cool. I can take off. Unacceptable. It- Unacceptable. Whatever, you're just jealous um, Look, I mean I'm, I, We all know what the actual NBA Finals matchup really was And that was the Rockets, Warriors And the Western Conference Finals Hopefully the NBA makes the decision That uh, is something similar But on a different level to what hockey did And taking the top 16 teams Hockey kind of made the change Where it was the top <clears throat> Wow The top 8 from both divisions Regardless of where you were, so they took the, the top, you know, top three, top three, and then the final two and you got seeded based off a record in that.
2: Well they've talked about so we talked about how they've looked at changing it, and originally what I thought they were gonna do was the top sixteen teams, but then what they said was that's not what they're gonna do. The the change the potential change would have been you take the top eight teams from both conferences and then you would reseed those sixteen teams. Which I think is, I don't like that. My whole point is I want more of the Western Conference teams to get in. Yeah. That's what it needs to be. Yeah, just take the top 16 and but, go from but there. But at least if you reseeded the 16 teams once they're in, that's still a step in the right direction. It's it is. better than what they're doing currently.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, we saw, we saw some amazing matchups in the
2: West, and we saw some, Definitely. some absolute blunders in the East. Like, think about this. A team like the Jazz, they could have made a run in the East. Yep. No question, they could have made a run in the East. I bet you the Timberwolves could have won a series in the East. Oh, yeah. We could have made a run. Hundred percent.
1: It would make for some very interesting stories, especially because the way the regular season set up is you're only playing those Eastern Conference opponents twice. Yeah. So you're not ultra familiar with them like you are playing a four game, which would make it a lot more, more fun, fun. I think. Yep. It, it would v- be very interesting, right? And and let's talk about how they set up their rosters. I mean teams set up their rosters to go up the, against the competition they're going to be facing a lot. So it would really makes for some interesting depth decisions especially on player personnel. Yeah, I agree. Let's uh let's move
0: on here guys as you're listening to uh quarter 2 our NBA WNBA Talkers segment here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Network uh and we are the howl uh let's let's get into some uh, some 2018 2019 NBA championship odds that have already been released. I like this for this is next cool. year uh, we're starting at the uh, at the very bottom I know I saw it but it's kind of disappearing on me now but the wolves are, are sitting maybe in the, just the slightly above the middle of the pack here 80 to one.
2: 80 to 1 Let's go put our money down, Aaron now, I, now,
1: I'd be down to do that, actually They said, that,
2: by the way, the, re- the reason why some of the teams you'll see in here Like, for example, the Lakers are pretty high up The Sixers are higher up Because what they did was They're taking they, on LeBron they, Yep, they over-inflated the teams that have a good shot at LeBron Although, I'm going to say this I don't think LeBron's going to the Lakers No That's something that I don't think is realistic I see Paul George going there before LeBron Well, But now there's talk
1: that that's not happening either And Paul George is probably staying with the Thunder I honestly think the Lakers, even if they take LeBron on that team, that's a that team is way worse than this Cavs team right now. Oh I
2: well, I, see, I, I'll disagree with you there. Really? The only the only reason the Cap well, I will Ooh. say this, I think as a team they're better. The Lakers would be, but they're in the West. That's the problem. That's where you have the big issue. But I'm I'm actually I'm a fan of Lonzo. I like Lonzo Ball. I think I, don't. I think it, Lonzo Ball uh, re-signing Julius Randle, uh,
1: Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, those are some nice pieces. I think Lonzo Ball has a long way to go before he's he does significant. But- Playoff basketball, and let me remind you: a guy who's one of the best point guards in the league, Chris Paul, had many years of hardships in the West as a point guard. And, and Lonzo Ball is half the point guard that CP3
2: is. Now, I think this is the hot, hot topic: LeBron on this year's Cavs team or LeBron on the Lakers next year? Which team would be better? I think it's a landslide: the Lakers.
1: Whew. Okay. Mm.
2: The talent you, you know, I think is way. Want to know the biggest atrocity
0: on this list, though? What? The Celtics at 8-1 to one. Why is they that made, They made the Eastern Conference Finals Yeah, and they're stacked Without, mind you,
2: without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward yeah, yeah, but think about this Yeah, but here's the thing This is based on, so if LeBron chose the Sixers or the Rockets they would be higher than the Celtics That's okay. why it's like that and and The Warriors are ob- for obvious reasons number One still and there's a I think there's a Legitimate chance he does choose the Rockets And think about that I now don't. you're talking Chris Paul LeBron James James Harden Clint Capella that's a ish. ish that's a monster That's a monster team but it's not
0: That's not good basketball to watch uh, Oh my that, god that team probably get rid Beats of, the Warriors get rid of either Chris Paul or, or James Harden on that team and that Team will be watchable but that team wins the that team probably wins the finals. That's like I don't disagree with you, but it's not fun basketball to watch. But
2: that's not what we're talking about here. That's why the I'm just I saying. Know, that's why I'm, those teams are ahead I'm just, of the I'm just
0: stating my opinion that that Rockets team is not a good team to no, watch. No, but I'm just saying case. that's like, why yes, they're higher. Like that's if they land LeBron, they've got a better odd op- They've got way better odds than the Warriors or any other team.
1: But good lord, the NBA would be in shambles if LeBron chose Houston. You put him on Houston, it, it'd be like. Making some hybrid mutant giant in like your basement and then watching him like destroy walls. Like, look at but this thing! I put. how fun would it be to it's watch so him on the Sixers tough. though? You're it's talking like, Joel and B, Ben Simmons and LeBron James. See, I'm okay with
2: him on the Sixers. No, I want that. That's what I'd like that's, to see. That's what I. That's well, what but, I want to see as well. Right. I should say what I want to see is him choose the Wolves. What, but what he should choose, I think realistically, he'll probably choose the Sixers. By I the way, that's please, a good, please tell me you saw that tweet about like him liking the Mary
0: Tyler Moore show and. So he was going to choose Minnesota. Well, there was also like, the
2: rumor about how he, he his, kid his kid was going to go to, to
0: Benilde or something. Yeah, yeah, but he was, yeah, he sent his uh, one of his like people in his entourage to look at Benilde as a school for his kid. And he was in love with the Mary Tyler Moore show. So he loves Minnesota. But like, he can't,
2: we couldn't sign him anyways. No, we couldn't. Like financially, unless he was like, I'll take the minimum, which he's not doing. <laughs> like we can't. We don't have the cap space Could to sign him anyways. Like,
1: it would instantly be
2: gridlock, new CBAs drafted. Now, of course, if LeBron came to you and said, I'll play for you, you would do whatever it takes to get him. So, sorry, Wiggins, you're gone. (laughs) Like... By Jeff Teague. Say, I would say goodbye Jimmy Butler Because I think LeBron James and Carl Towns Just alone
1: win you championships Thunder Sign, Signed Shabazz for vet men for five years <laughs> See how right. it works yeah, We're getting kind of crazy here guys Let's go back to the the odds here now Enough Shabazz talk um, There's never enough Shabazz talk <laughs> Is there anybody on here I mean looking at the Wolves at 80-1 to one, Cavaliers, are they really thirty to one?
2: Well, there is. I think. I think they're. I think Where they're did playing. These come
1: from?
0: I think they're playing off the fact that LeBron's going to be leaving, and so without that, they've got a decent team, but it's not going to be. Wait, wait, no, they don't. Their team's terrible without LeBron. They're
2: completely rebuilding. That would be a It's one hundred percent rebuild. It'd be All like right. a thirty-win team. You, if you look
0: LeBron, in the comments. Some people are going. Where the heck are the Bucks? And uh, Jeff Sherman, who's the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook manager, is the one who put these out. He goes, he put them at hundred to one. And one, one account goes, did Giannis get traded? There must be something I'm missing. If the Bucks are hundred to one, and uh, some people are going, yep, Giannis isn't taking the Bucks to a finals anytime soon. And it's it's, it's sad, but it's the truth. There's no other real. Incredible supporting pieces in Miami or in uh, Milwaukee that will get Giannis to the finals. Unfortunately,
1: which goes back to Aaron Groshans theory from season one on the Howl of why we should have picked up his brother Thanasis as our ultra defensive. You well, know, we could still stopper. pick up his brother in this draft. Yes,
2: yeah, the, we could. The newest on Tedekumpo.
0: So let me let me ask you guys this: What about like a Wiggins, a first, a Patton, and a Jeng? Kind of package For Giannis Like you just What, what are you talking or about Or Jimmy and Wiggins The only for player
2: that they would They would actually consider For Giannis Would be Carl Towns That's what about, it What about Jimmy, Jimmy? No Because Jimmy's old They're not doing that Jimmy and Wiggins <laughs> That's not getting it done I'm telling you The only player You could possibly trade To get Giannis Would be Carl Towns And we're not doing that So it's like That's not happening Yeah there's very few teams that could trade for Giannis. Giannis needs to flat out leave. Yeah. That would be the only way. Unless he becomes disgruntled and like, you know, it's one of those. Paul George. I think yeah. he'll get frustrated because I think he already is frustrated.
1: They just the Bucks seemed like especially this year, they really underwhelmed for me. Well they need a good I, coach. I expected a lot more from them. I think having Budenholzer will will greatly improve them. I'm actually really looking forward to what their season's gonna look like. But I'm not in love with Budenholzer. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. If they don't take care of him under this Budenholzer regime, that's going to be the end of his contract. You very likely could be looking at him being traded in that last year of his contract or just simply riding it out and testing free agency. Time will tell. We Uh, should
0: get into uh, some links Well before we do real quick Because this actually just got released here at time of recording Um, I'm going to post the article real quick So you guys can get in on this as well Because I just saw this pop up in my Twitter feed Okay Um, They just released Kevin's calling an audible here I am just a little bit They uh, uh, just released the Power 36 look ad For the uh, college basketball season Uh, Just real quick uh, the Minnesota Golden Gophers coming in at 26 on the list. They've got a really good squad coming in. Uh, saying Coach Patino could have his deepest and most talented team since he's been at Minnesota. Uh, if this team can finally stay healthy, there's no reason the Gophers can't be in the thick of the race for the conference title. I mean, at, at the top, you have Gonzaga, Kansas, Virginia, and then Tennessee. So uh, just a little kind of local front. The Gophers uh, getting a little bit of love here. We'll see if they can actually uh,
2: actually stick with it, though. If they can get rid of the off-the-court problems as well as injuries, then I think they can go places. They have a fantastic recruiting class coming in. There's some really big pieces. Yeah, this so. last year was an absolute train wreck for them. It really, really was. They were supposed to be really good, but, again, I don't know what Patino could have done. You have, obviously, the off court stuff. We and, don't need to get into specifics there, but yeah. that's all pretty bad. Yeah. You have, before the season even starts, Eric Curry
1: tears his ACL. Yep. Yep. So, that I mean, what is he supposed to do about that? I, and then, I think and he's then a you great go through coach. injury stuff with Amir Coffey during the yep. season. I'm not knocking him as a coach or anything that they have done. I'm just saying, like, where expectations were, where they actually yeah. started out, the wheels just fell off on that entire thing. So, I mean, you know, what are they supposed to do for the Gophers? I yep. mean, it, they... They tried as much as they could, but by the end of the season, it looked like uh, that three versus five, and they were Alabama. At a certain point, I just want
2: Minnesota teams to not be all potential. I want us to actually do something. Amen, Rob. All right, let's get into— I know,
1: I know a Minnesota team that's not all potential has actually done something. Minnesota Vikings? The Minnesota Lynx. Well, let's hope that they can, uh, uh,
0: you know, right yeah, the th- ship here. They got, they got some turning around to do, you guys. They do. They really do. Uh, so currently, the Minnesota Lynx sit tenth uh, in the league with a two and five record, uh, only uh, ahead of the Las Vegas Aces and the Indiana Fever in the standings. Uh, Connecticut Sun leading the way at an undefeated five and
2: zero. I'm not going to say I'm that worried yet, but there's definitely
1: reasons to be cautious. I I could not say it any better than that rob i mean that's exactly kind of where i'm at right now um the loss to the Connecticut sun at the time i thought oh boy but what we really came quick to realize is the sun are legit um, oh for sure yeah you know and from there my biggest thing for the Lynx is is the bench depth and how much production they can get from that and I what I my biggest concern is riding the top, the starting five and not getting the production necessary. I was concerned going into the season as, you know, how are they going to manage minutes to keep the starters fresh? I was hoping that they could rely on the bench more. And you know, rattle off some wins, but that's not the case. They're losing, playing big minutes yeah. heavy to the starters right now. So, you know, Aaron's philosophical, abstract method of here of saving saving time on the on the older legs is isn't happening. And especially if you start getting desperate, you're three games under five hundred. You're just going to have to rely on those starters more. So, but I, the, the starters need to play better though if they're going to rely on them like well, that. Well, exactly. But I mean. Who else are you going to play We're not seeing much from everybody The the bench and you know Like Alexis Jones I was hoping to see her Get in the mix but
2: I mean she played yesterday finally
1: Yes that's true but I'm just (coughs) I guess what I'm trying to say Rob is I I need the bench to step up And I really Want this team to Put less of a burden On the starters And I think they should just be fine They They gotta find a groove here You wonder how much that condensed training camp and also Maya Moore having that deep as, you know, she won the European League title. You wonder how much that was a hindrance. I'd like to think not much because she's an ultra professional. Yeah. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting, Kevin. We need to see more. Let me just add this. We need to see
2: more from Simone Augustus. She's playing major minutes. You know, there's 27 minutes yesterday, uh, 30 minutes the game before and she 's not scoring that's I mean, she's in there to score she 's in there to be that scorer that the team needs and historically that's what she's done but you're talking you know twelve points eight points you know, we need more than that from her. Rebecca Brunson in yesterday's game against the Sparks, she just didn't have it statistically. Now, she only played 17 minutes, but you need you need a bigger game from her. Two games ago, you know, 10 points, nine rebounds, two assists. That's more of the Rebecca Brunson that you're used to. And we need to see more consistency from the starters. But back to your main point, the bench needs to contribute. We need bench production if we're going to be successful this season. And, and some of the players that we lost that really were a big part of what we were building last year, the players we replaced him with just have not stepped up yet
1: yes and the bottom line is rob when you're the champ you're going to get everybody's best shot 100 and yes. that's what the links are getting night in and night out from all these teams not to say they really wouldn't get it otherwise but anyone that's been on a winning team and there is known to have been a winning team you know that team's coming in there looking to put one on you they want to dance on your court yes all that stuff definitely. okay so the Lynx are going to get that it's how they respond i think the veteran presence uh the leadership from coach reeve i think she'll get them through this tough patch here and let's hope we find our stride because let's face it in seasons past we've been able to just jump on a nice winning streak this three game losing streak i i feel like it's like the first losing streak of this kind since like 2010 we haven't had like a three game is that true I mean, it's been rough. I can't remember the last time that we struggled this much. 2010 that long? Can it be? It's been a long time.
0: It's been it's been a really long time. So, and we've come to expect that level of excellence from the Lynx.
1: It, it's it's tough to deal with, but it's v- going to make for some very, very interesting basketball. So get down to Target Center, check out the games. If you haven't seen the new court or new arena, grab your tickets at WNBA.com. Go to the Lynx team store when you're there. Check out that stuff because it's fire, man. they got some new stuff coming out. You've got to get into it. Hit up the Minnesota Lynx team store when you're down at target center for a game it's only 17 home games yeah okay only 17 that does
0: it for the first half show stay tuned for the second half coming later this week on itunes stitcher or anywhere great podcasts are found you can listen to us on dash radio's nothing but net channel on wednesdays from 2 to 5 p.m and saturdays from 10 a.m to 1 p.m central